Confessions of a Disney cast member, where every other Friday I wrestle up a discussion between myself and one of my favourite cast members from the Disney and Universal communities. With a fortnightly news update too, are we ready to dive into the magic? Let's do it. Sophie B! Yeah. That was a really high pitch. It reminded me of, oh, what's that girl in Dragon? Ivy I Winters. Like, Ivy Winters. Ivy Winters. I don't know if it was with you that I did this before. I think I, it was. It was. I had a text like two weeks <laughs> yeah. So Ivy Winters, literally, as I was editing it, I was like, Ivy Winters. Um, well, welcome to the new year, everyone. Wow, I can't believe we are still in a pandemic. What happened? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Sorry, that was, um, what's the word? Anti-biblical? I'm, I'm actually from a religious family, so for me saying Jesus Christ is just a, I'm going to move on from that. <laughs> How, <laughs> yeah. Obviously, we have just said farewell to our wonderful Sophie Wallace, so I thought I'd replace her. No, I'm joking, we're not replacing her. Oh, but <laughs> um, but um, every other week, we are going to be having these discussion episodes. It's something that I really love doing, and I think it's a really nice addition to our regular cast member interview episodes. So... Um, like I've got Sophie here right now, every other week we will have a different cast member with us um, to talk about all things Disney, Universal and um, yeah, all that stuff. But how are you, Sophie? How is the new year looking for you? Um, I mean, seeing as we're still in 2021, I'm hoping it's looking good. And <laughs> yeah, the, the beauty of um, pre-recording, guys. <laughs> 2022 is my year. It's yeah. great. <laughs> I'm going to drink myself now. When this episode comes out, my life will be like this flaming ball. <laughs> Literally. Uh, what are you most looking forward to in 2022? Um, going back to the parks. Yeah. Um, Obviously, also- for any- I was going to say, for anyone that doesn't know what we're here to talk about today, we, we are going to, we'll-, we'll get onto it a little bit later, but we are here to talk about Sophie's um, recent Disney World trip. Um to talk about how things have changed and what the ups and downs were of that trip. Um, but you have actually bought an annual pass, haven't you, in the meantime I as have. well? Yeah, so um, we actually bought it like pre the holiday in November. So when I went away, it was in November. So obviously since my experience, things regarding flying may have changed, but I will obviously tell you like how it was for me and what yeah. I had to do. But I know that there is obviously more things that have come out. So obviously I recommend checking both the UK government website and the USA government website. That's what I did a lot to try and find out what you have to do. Yeah. Because um, I do know that obviously like it's a lot more intense and there's a lot more you have to do now. Yeah, definitely. I think the thing is, it's ever changing. So whatever we talk about here is not necessarily true to what is happening, what happened then. Um, sorry, what will happen in the future. Uh, but I think the thing is, I think the beauty is that we actually do know that restrictions are going to be in place for a little while. So we can prepare ourselves now yeah. to know that we probably are going to have to have testing in some capacity um, for the for the time being. But uh, on a whole, you had a good trip. Yeah, I had a really nice trip. It wasn't like a Disney intense trip. Like when I tell, like when we discuss it, it won't be like I did two weeks at the parks back to back. Like that wasn't what it was. We kind of discussed this beforehand. Bradley knows. Um, I have like a second family out there and the granddad of the family is really sick. So it was mainly like to go and see Pops and to spend time with our family that we've not seen in two years. Yeah. So we did do Disney days. We probably did about five or six whilst we were there. So we did do some Disney and we got like a good taste of it, but I wouldn't say that's what our trip was about this time. Yeah, 
no definitely and you know what like after all that time it's nice just to take in Florida as well and just get that Orlando buzz back it was so surreal it just felt really like on the way to the airport and everything like that I was freaking out like because you just don't know we'll go through it but every step that you have to do you you just terrified that they're going to turn around and say you've missed something or no you can't go because this isn't correct and yeah we were just bricking it so even when we got on the plane and because we didn't fly direct like we had to fly to new york first right it just even when we landed in orlando it felt really surreal well we'll talk more about that in a bit because i know there's loads to get through and and, and we've actually not spoken much about it like only little conversations uh-huh. here and there and even before this podcast we just spoke about the bachelor for the, the last like <laughs> 20 minutes so yeah so it's not um it's we like it's all going to be fresh for me to listen to as well so i'm super excited but as we bring in the new year let's have our first news update of 2022 So first things first, a bit of a dampener on the Disney community. The Disney Magical Express ends on the 15th of January. Now I'm sure this probably isn't something that you use that often, Sophie, because you no. normally would stay with your with your family out yeah, there. Yeah, or they up and take us. Exactly. Um, but for Disney resort users, uh, I mean the holiday that I'm going to in a while is November, but still I'm getting other days <laughs> already. Um, like I'm staying in a Disney resort and it's already like I. I mean, I'm happy to get an Uber, but one of the exciting things about a Disney trip is getting on the Magical Express and going to the resort on that bus that you know is going to show up, you know is going to have, like, a trusted driver. Like, it just makes the Disney experience seem whole and seamless. And I don't... I. I, I know that there's this whole thing that's come up that people a lot of people didn't realise that it was a partnership with Mears that it's no longer, Disney are no longer a part of, but it does feel like an unnecessary change. I don't know what you think about it. So obviously, I don't know if you're not, the reason why they're doing this is because they are in the middle of like building basically a monorail from, so you'd get it from MCO straight to Springs and yeah. then from yeah. Springs you'd get whichever resort bus to your resort. So that would, it, will be a free service then and yeah. um, I I do think Disney should have fronted the cost for, and all this partnership might have finished but they are putting something on in the meantime until that's completed I mean if they're then going to give a free version then then they should have just kept this period now I don't think they are though time. are they what sorry I don't think they are replacing anything in the meantime well, no, no, they are. They're putting these other buses on, but you have to pay for them. Yeah, exactly. So it's not yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So if in the meantime, you're having to pay for a service before they go back to a free one, then they should surely just brunt the cost of this bit at the moment. I think with the rise in, obviously inflation is a thing, yes, but yeah. with the rise of park tickets the genie plus that you now have to buy on top of you want to use fast passes which we'll talk about later um the like the cost of resorts has got everything's gone up in price as it does to then take this away is going to cause a massive like a massive problem for some families a lot of people don't know have never used uber or lyft so they don't trust it. I know my parents, when we first, the first time they've used it was when we went to California. And when I said, let's get an Uber, they were like, oh God, like that's a bit like, some people just have this, this thing that Not like Uber's that, but say- the older generations don't know how to use it. They don't have exactly. the apps before. They'd be so confused trying to figure it out. Like they'll end up just paying for one of the taxis. That's at, um, and everyone knows that taxis in Orlando are extremely expensive. Yeah. That 
I saw an article online the other day and it was like, is Disney becoming unaffordable for families? And it's like, to be honest with you, it is. I know my uncle, we were talking about it. Um, I had people, my family around the other night and we were talking about it and he tends to go, not as much as us, but he does go with his family. And he said he refuses to go back until Disney do the Disney dining again because they can't afford it otherwise. And then like my cousin was saying that she was considering going with her boyfriend at one point, but she said she won't be going maybe ever because it's too expensive for them to afford it. Mm. Yeah, exactly. I think, again, it's one of those little perks that have been taken away that do just make you think, I'm really going to have to now pay for something that was free before. Like it doesn't, it just, I think. I know you have to pay for it on other holidays, but the fact is it's been free for such a long period and the Disney holidays already yeah yeah it might just be another like $30 but the fact is that $30 is like it's a meal, a meal. that's a meal yeah. out yeah exactly so, and the thing is all these little $30 that are adding up come to a hell of a lot of money yeah. like the Disney Genie I saw someone online they were saying like yeah it sounds fine like oh what $15 a day but then you've not got the extra like the better rides on that that's added on top. So if you have a family of four, $15, that's $60 already, plus some of yeah. the extra rides. For a two-week holiday, $60, you're looking at like another, like, what, $500 a trip? Yeah. Not, I'm, I'm not good at... Well, More I than that. More than level, that. That's, yeah. 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 <laughs> like, not, not fast on it. But that's a lot of money extra for a trip yeah. just for a fast pass that you would have got free beforehand. I think it's a shame. I think that there's quite a few things at the moment. Obviously, there's been this whole, I don't know how how much truth there is to it, but this whole like petition going on about getting Chapek out and bringing Iger back in. That's not going to happen because Babaki's only just retired from the company. Yeah. Um, but I'm hoping that some of the rebellion will at least make Chapek see that there are certain things that need to be adjusted and at the end of the day mistakes happen so that things can get better like so that improvements happen so um i'm just hoping that they do i mean one thing to note is that the magic express was was supposed to end on the 1st of january they already pushed it back to the 15th of january so that to me already says okay they're already thinking okay there's a couple of weeks so that we can make it a bit longer the reasoning just isn't really there for me when it comes to that no no i don't get it um, let's move away from the Magical Express. Uh, we can get the we can get the new um, thirty dollar bus to Universal Studios um, to talk about some of the attractions that are closing over there. So um, w- the Mummy Ride is going to be closed from January seventh to late summer. Uh, Jurassic Park River Adventure. Yeah, very long time. Um, Jurassic Park River Adventure is going to be closed uh, for two weeks from the 10th of Jan to the 28th of Jan. Ripsaw Falls. For a water ride, isn't exa- it? Yeah. Exactly. And then Ripsaw Falls is also closed for a month from January 21st to February 25th. So um, I think the mummy must be going through some pretty rigorous changes yeah, if they're doing that. major renovation like that they're having to do there especially it's a fan favorite ride that hasn't had that much work done on it over the years so i think unless that i know they've adjusted they've um changed some of the screens inside of the ride to make it more um modern and to make the experience more immersive but for them to be closing an attraction for like seven to nine months yeah and also if you think about it that park doesn't have any many big rides that's one of the big rides at the park like yeah that's a big 
big loss. Yeah, exactly. And then, like you said, with the with Jurassic Park and Ripsaw Falls, I think it is um, pretty standard for this time of year to be closing the water rides. It's the quietest time of the year for them. So um, that does make sense. And especially like those rides are old rides as well. So they do need those those little refurbs here and there. Yeah, I love I love Jurassic Park as well. Um, but then obviously, finally, with Universal Shrek um, is closing. Shrek 40 is closing on January 10th forever. And I'm going to be honest, good riddance. <laughs> I can't stand it. <laughs> I absolutely hate it. I think it is such an uncomfortable ride. Um, I think the queue line just takes so long as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a big part of its foot traffic is because it's at the front of the park, like Minion Mayhem. Um, yeah. I just think it's a wasted space at the moment, and I really do hope they do something good with it. I also think the 4D cinema technology is a bit outdated now. Like A bit? <laughs> it's like, it's not exciting anymore. It's just like watching a movie, like, you could do that at home, and actually, you can actually buy that. Is on yeah. and it's like the bonus features of one of the DVDs. So, yeah. but it is really like they need to put not just another like what they did with Jimmy Neutron. They put minions there instead. It's the same thing, but just minions. They need to put something completely new in it because this. I mean, I don't even know why they did that. Anyway, two four D attractions right next to each other is yeah. just a bit. I mean, it's a bit mental. I mean, let's go back to 2003 or whenever it opened. Like, yeah, great idea. Like, that was, like, 4D was the thing. But not not in 2021, like, or 2022. We need to change. I know Shrek, the... They use a lot of the Shrek as um in Horror Nights. They use it as some of the uh, mazes. So yeah, when I was on my program, it was um the half of the queue line. I th- like because it's like in two. I think it's over yeah. two buildings, and it was saw whatever the saw maze was, jigsaw, whatever yeah. that year. Um, and I actually think because Horror Nights is so popular, I know they've done this in Universal Studios Hollywood before with Walking Dead, but I think a permanent horror attraction would go down pretty well. I know it'd be expensive for the park to do, but I think it would be good. I also wouldn't be surprised if they don't put anything there and they just keep it as a free building for when they do Horror Nights, if they don't want to fork out the money. No, it's too big at the front of the park. They might put a gift shop at half of the thing, but the other half that they use for Horror Nights... I don't know. We'll you know see. What, we'll see. You know what the big companies say when they don't know what to do with something, shove a gift shop in it. Yeah, literally. <laughs> to be fair, um, I didn't think that uh, Terminator 2 would end up being Jason. Is it Jason Bourne? Jason, yeah, Jason Bourne's Bourne. stunt. Yeah. I, 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 um, I think that was a bit of a cop out, to be honest. So um, who knows? We'll, it'll be interesting to watch what they decide to put there. Mm-hmm. Um, moving back over to Disney. Uh, we both love a Starbucks. Um, very, very hibiscus, strawberry acai. Um, there, there is a new Starbucks and Disney property at Flamingo Crossing Center. So for all those cast members out there, they have a Starbucks on their college program property. Like, can we just acknowledge how amazing that is? Can we just also acknowledge how much money we would have spent? Oh my God, so <laughs> true. So true. I mean, I had to walk like 10 minutes to the one near Vista and I still went probably like three or four times a week. So dangerous. Bad. Bad. Very dangerous. Um, In other Disney news, Typhoon Lagoon is reopening for the first yes. time since the pandemic on January 2nd. So at time of release, uh, it would have been open for a few days already, which is super, super exciting. And I think it's... The one thing um, I'm surprised about, though, is that they've decided to open it, because obviously they closed the water parks in the winter months anyway. So I'm surprised that they've decided to do it in January when it's already cold. 
I think it will be a nice soft opening for the park. I don't think it's going to be bombarded with people. And Blizzard Beach is closing for refurbishments in the next month or so too. So I think it'll be a good little crossover period. Um, and then rather than opening in the heat of summer and everyone comes and it's just an absolute disaster because they've forgotten how to operate. So, um, and Typhoon over Blizzard Beach any day of the week, in my opinion. Oh, no. What? No, Blizzard every time. No way. I love Summit Plummet, but apart from that, not about it. Okay, we'll just agree to disagree. <laughs> um, the final thing I want to talk about in the news update is that Fear Factor is officially closing in Universal <gasps> Orlando. Um, yeah, so... Oh apparently I love love it as well and you know what I'm really worried about what they're going to end up putting in because I think it's really nice it's one of the only things in Universal that isn't a roller coaster or a dark ride when you think that we used to have um like the Beetlejuice review Mm -hmm. show that was like really fun obviously you've still got a horror makeup show but I just think that, that Universal needs to diversify itself and if they're not careful they could end up just ending up in this dark ride madness where they spent so much money on these dark rides like green gods and like um transformers and stuff like that where um it can get a little bit boring as i'm sure that conversation has been going on for quite a few years now but rumor has it that it will potentially be a new part of the wisdom world of harry potter which i know may be overkill but i'm actually here for it you don't look like you are by your face what show could they do that i don't think it'll be a show and it won't be a show i don't think it'll be a show i think it will be i think it'll be a new area and my prediction would be ministry of magic it just makes me really sad because I mean I used to watch Fear Factor with my brother when I was a kid so I always loved Fear Factor and it was just it is a really fun show to watch and that's where they do a lot of the in horror nights again yeah like the very very popular cult classic which I know they've stopped but there is still things like they want to bring it the Bill and Ben is Bill and Ted Bill? not Bill and Ben <laughs> Bill and Ben the Bill flower, the flower pot pot ben. Pot. <laughs> Bill and Ted. Bill and Ted. Anyway, <laughs> the um, that's where they used to do their show at Horror Nights. That was obviously like a cult classic, and people loved. And people still want them to bring it back. So if they lose yeah. that stage, they then had some dances there that I can't remember the name of. That like street dancer thing, wasn't it? Yeah, that replaced it, and that again was like a sellout. Show. Like every night was like yeah. fully packed stadium. So. I think losing it is going to be a real shame because like you said, there's no real like show shows there anymore. And like in Disney, yeah, I know they've got the rides, but if you think about it, there's still a hell of a lot of shows. And do you know what? With Disney, it just, it's the encapsulation of the magic when you're in the parks. It just hits. I love Universal. It does hit differently. I've, um, me and Lawrence have decided not to go to, um, Universal on our trip next year because obviously we're going for seven nights. Mm. But I think that's because, nothing has really changed since I've last been. Yeah. And that was four years, three or four years ago now. So the, uh, the thing that I would say, the show they should get rid of is that one that's near Dudley's rips, the one that's like a bird show, but I'm like, is it even ever on? There's like a what? big, massive stadium. Oh yeah. You know what, like the arcade games are and stuff. Near Hulk. Stuff. There's, yeah, there's a huge, just past Hulk, just before Dudley's and Popeye's. Yeah. Near where it all like, the games are we climb up a rope yeah. or whatever for a prize. There's a huge, huge like stadium there that never seems to have a show on. 
but there's obviously been there for ages because it's got all like the old-fashioned characters advertised outside of it. So I don't yeah. know if there was a show at one point with them, but they've not like used that for something. Maybe move one of the shows over there, but use that so we're still getting a show somewhere. Yeah. And then yeah, fair enough. Take. I mean, I'm, I still miss Fear Factor, but take Fear Factor then. But you've got to use use that space at least because that stadium's been there for so long and like you said people forget that it's there because there's nothing ever on at it mm. yeah i think obviously we've got the animal actor show over at universal as well which i actually really enjoy i don't know it's just because i was missing my pets um but it's all like dogs and cats and stuff but um is that where they do the grinch one at christmas no that's in islands it's in universal it's right near um is it in universal yeah it's near et Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And Bar- yeah. where Barney used to be, but um, but yeah. Anyway, we could talk about this all day, but it's going, <laughs> it, and who knows what will come next, and we will see. Uh, but that is all we've got time for with this news update, and uh, we'll be back with you shortly. So obviously one of the things that we mentioned with regards to your trip before we did the little news update was that it is quite scary that you're going to forget as you're going along that you've, uh, sorry, that you're, you're going to realise as you're going along that you've forgotten to do something, you're going to be turned around and sent back oh, home. Yeah. I think that's one of the biggest fears about going to America anyway for me, that like mm-hmm. I'm sat on the plane filling out my little card and I'm like, oh my God, what if I feel something out wrong? And I don't know how seriously they take it because I've never been stopped or mm. anything. But you do, because because you're going into America, there's this massive stigma and it is a bit like their security compared to our security, I think anyway, oh, yeah. is intense. Um, but yeah, so with that in mind, let's go to the beginning. Obviously you're going in COVID times. Yeah. At the point of your holiday, um, which was in November, I believe, yeah. when did what what was the testing situation so um we had to do and this is where like i'm sure this has happened to other people you like you read the thing but you doubt yourself so i even like we luckily where i work there's a pharmacy next door and they're really helpful so i showed them like the literal language and i was like can we do the antigen one because there's two tests that you could do to go abroad there's one that's like a like not that they weren't proper but there was one that's like a full-on test that was more expensive they were like 70 pounds per person like a pcr it's kind of like a pcr yeah the other one was more like a lateral flow but it's it was called a rapid antigen test it was more like a lateral flow but depending on the country depends which one you had to do and which one they allowed as your test wow so i was like bricking it because even though it said antigen you always like second doubt yourself I'm like oh god what about if they did want that other one and then I'm just going with this antigen one but the antigen one luckily America did accept and they were only like 30 pounds a person okay. so obviously it was a little big cost difference um because America sorry do accept both but obviously if we would rather do the antigen than the other one because it's a lot cheaper especially when those three of us going um so we did the antigen we, well I say we did it the antigen test was a take-home one um, I downloaded an app and then basically what you do is you'd scan it was like a, it was basically a lateral flow but you just didn't do it down your throat it was just up your nose yeah um you would take a picture of the lateral flow test like on a on its own before you did it you'd then 
on the app, uh, set it to record, and you would do the test recording yourself doing it. It's like putting it up your nose and everything and like putting the solution in, blah, blah. You then stop the filming. You'd wait the process time, which the, f- the app has a countdown on it itself. So you do that. Um, <laughs> so we did that. And then obviously you then have to take a picture of the test results. It does ask you to say what the test result is, but it is all very, you still have to put a picture of what that result is. So say if you got a positive one yeah, and you just put took a picture and put negative, it is then all basically then all goes off and it's verified by a doctor so you can cheat it basically because they will check that it is like negative and it is that test yeah yeah you then get an email through saying um like this has been verified basically it's negative blah blah so i know there was an app i saw some person being like oh we had an app and we just stored everything on the app we didn't we would much rather because you know what internets can be like sometimes if it went down at the airport we didn't want to risk any of that especially if they had to check it when we were abroad and we didn't have any connection so we just printed everything always print everything off literally i always have like a little clear folder with all of my paperwork in just in case that's what we because i saw this um one girl like because obviously my signs page and she went away and she was like oh i've got this app and it can store all your things on it so it's perfect and i was like i don't want to use an app I'd rather have it in like hard copies than it's there. By um, all means, I would say like have that as if you can do both, yeah. do both. Why not? If that's yeah. more convenient, perfect. But always have a backup. It's not yes. worth getting there and not being able to well, show especially, something. Especially, like I said, we didn't fly direct. So we flew to New York first. So you go through customs in the first port of entry. So we went just through before, it in New York. Just before we move on to New York, what is the time frame that you have to do that in, or at least when you oh, did right. it? So when we did that, it says up to 72 hours before. However, we didn't do it like seven. So I think we flew like the Tuesday morning. We did the test Sunday evening, like Sunday so like night. forty-eight hours. So like yeah. So you have like seventy-two, but we they said you don't want to leave it too late beforehand because you don't want to do it too soon. Yeah. So we did it the Sunday evening. So obviously we had the full day afterwards. Do you know? Because they said it could take up to twenty-four hours for you to get the results. Yeah. So, I mean, it didn't. We got the verification within a couple of minutes, but we did do our test at like 11 o'clock at night. So maybe it was, I don't know. But we did ours the Sunday evening that we flew early Tuesday morning. Right. Um, I'm not going to lie. When you're waiting for that result to come up, it is the most nerve wracking experience because you're like one thing and then none of us could go. Yeah. So it was really a scary experience i'm not gonna lie about that um we had to do a form i did it on so when i like checked in online with virgin i did it online so i thought because i did it online that it was done but when we turned up at the airport they were like it was basically a piece of paper that says i confirm that i am double vaccinated you just had to tick a box and sign it you had to have to do one per person right but i did that online so i thought i'd done that but then when they were when we got to the airport they were like no you meant to have a paper one to show us which it didn't say but they were really nice they had loads there i think a lot of people have done it so we just did it there it was only to tick a box that was the only thing they asked for proof of our double vaccine because obviously to go when we went you had to be double vaccinated to go yeah um that was all that they asked for it proof wise at, they didn't ask at manchester a, airport that at was manchester they didn't ask to see a card they didn't ask to see um because we printed off 
like kind of like your COVID passport, do you know, like your thing where it said we'd been tested? Yeah. So this is where I was bricking it, okay? Because my dad, his passport says he was born in 57. He's actually born in 59, which has never been an issue before because the um whenever we've been to travel agents and stuff, they're like, oh, as long as you fill out the information when it's like passenger information, you fill out that it matches your passport or it's not an issue. Yeah. So that's what we did. But obviously when we were printing our COVID like tests, like boot, um, vaccine information off, it had his date of birth from his birth certificate. So it was a different date of birth than his passport. No. Yeah. So it's never been an issue before. We've always just filled our esters and everything like that with it. Oh, you still have to do your ester and everything like that, your standard paperwork. Yeah. Well, I'm, guess, I'm guessing the thing with your dad is that it was just a mistake at the time of making the passport. Yeah, so when they the... made his passport, they just read the number wrong. But instead of right. paying to do it again, the people at the travel agents have always just said, oh, it's fine. Just put your information to match your passport, which we've always yeah. done. And we've used it for years and it's never been an issue. Um, but obviously so I was bricking me and my mum were bricking it I couldn't sleep the night before because I was like what about if they turn around to us at the airport and say to my dad like you can't because it's not like the they same. don't match um, we made him take his card just in case I know they say it's not a valid proof if you take the card but we made him take that just in case his driving licence does have his actual date of birth on it so mm-hmm. in case they did question it, we made him take his driver's license. So we could be like, well, this is still him. It's got his picture. It's got his thing. It does match. They just made the error on the thing. Yeah. Luckily, it never came up anywhere. But I was, this is, I think that's why I was bricking it so much every step of the way, even New York, everything. So I was like, if they check it and they say, no, it's not matching, you have to go. I was just so scared. Yeah. Yeah. So they didn't really check anything at the airport. Um, Manchester was quite easy. They've done it all up, obviously, because it's been like two years since people, they've done it up a lot. We went through and it was dead. Really? I mean, and I was expecting it to be really busy because it was like international flights were starting to get... And you just do, like, what we're used to is like going into, like going through like security and it's being a mosh pit of people. Honestly, there was like hardly anyone in the terminal. It was like a ghost town. There was like a few people here and oh, it was weird. Wow. really weird because I ex- expect it to be super busy I mean we were flying to New York but there was only like when we normally fly from Manchester there's at least two virgin flights direct from or Orla- from um from Manchester, Manchester to Orlando, to Orlando a day. Yeah. then it's like you New York we took a flight to New York technically there was only one Orlando flight that flew before us like it was just so quiet and I was like, that's when it really hit me. Like, this is where you can see that it is hitting the tourism industry. I know yeah. people say, but when you were in that airport and there was no one there, and every time I've been, it is ram full of people. No, doesn't matter what time, there's always people in there. Honestly, there was no one. So what was the situation on the plane? Was it a busy flight? So it was busy going out. Um, our flight out was busy. If you think we all we flew. I think it was the day after the borders opened. Yeah. So they opened, I think it was like the 8th. We flew the 9th. Yeah. So the flight out was rampacked. Um, the staff was really on it about masks and not just masks on your face, making sure it covered your nose as well. Good. Um, they were really, really on it. I won't, I'll give it to them hands up. Like they were really good. And not just that, You, I didn't see any um, like guests 
have been awkward either job being like about yes. the masks like they were quite accepting i didn't personally i didn't see any kicking off i don't know if maybe there was other side of the plane yet i don't know but yeah where i was it was fine um we flew obviously like i said to new york so if you ever don't fly direct you do go through customs in the first port of entry so when we landed luckily we landed like an hour early because wow. customs when we got there it said it was like a 40 minute wait um, it took us nearly two hours to get through customs. Wow. Yeah. So it was a long time. Was that COVID related, do you think? It could be that they didn't have as many staff on because they've been, I don't know, yeah. but it was, it was intense. I once before had to change in New York. It was when I was going to Colorado because it wasn't a direct flight. And I will say when I did that, I went through New York really fast. Yeah. That's the only time I've done it. Like I said, we always normally fly to Orlando direct, um, but we just couldn't this time. The flights were just too expensive. They were like yeah. nearly 2000 a piece to fly wow. direct. Um, so. I guess one of the benefits of going indirect is that the new journalists go through customs at Orlando, right? Yeah. So that was the positive. We landed in Orlando at like half 10 in the evening but it wasn't a direct, it was, sorry, but we did just walk straight through and there yeah. was nothing. So that was a positive because like, or, we all know what Orlando customs can be like sometimes. You can easily Awful. wait two hours there. Yeah. But it was a good job that we'd got London an hour early because it gave us that time. I was going to say, so what time yeah. was your connecting flight? Like how long did you have after you come to customs? Like, I think it was like an hour and something gap. Okay. Maybe nearly two hours, but obviously it took us like two hours. We landed like nearly an hour early. It took us two hours, but then you have to get through the airport. You have to get your baggage. You have to drop it off again. Oh my god! You then have to like go through the terminal to get to our gate. Was honestly the furthest gate. I just really wanted to get a Starbucks in the airport. <laughs> <laughs> I'd been dying for the very, very hibiscus. And I was Aww. like, I'm going to get Starbucks at the airport. Yeah, I didn't have time for that. There wasn't anyone that I could see. Um, but our terminal gate was like, we went, had to go in an outbuilding. We had to get on a bus to go to another little building. And then we went and it was absolutely roasting. Like they must have had the AC on in this. Oh my God, it was so stuffy. And then you were in your mask. It was off. Did they ask but, for um, any proof of COVID stuff when you were in New York or no? So New York, the only thing they asked us for was they asked then for our COVID passport. Yeah. The piece of paper. And they didn't ask us, they asked us for our Esther and that and our passport. I think that's all they asked for. Okay. No, no, no. They didn't ask us for our vaccine record. Sorry, I'm wrong. They didn't ask for our vaccine records. They asked for our antigen tests that we tested negative. Okay. That's what they asked for. Never at one point going out did we get asked to prove that we've been double vaccinated. Okay. Like to actually prove it. They'd asked yeah. us to fill that form out, but they didn't ask for any proof when we filled that form out. Not one point did they ask us to prove that we were fully vaccinated. They did ask when we got to New York for proof that we tested negative before we went. I guess it's the sort of thing where if you it's better that you have got that piece of paper sorted so that the rules change oh, yeah. and you're out there and they ask for it, it's done. Yeah. Um, so we were we got to Orlando like half half ten. It was probably quarter to eleven by the time we got out out, nearly yeah. eleven o'clock. So yeah, it was a very long day because we actually like obviously set off 
from where we were at seven o'clock in the morning. Wow. We got to Orlando at 11 o'clock in the evening. Yeah, it was 11 o'clock in the evening, which obviously four hours behind. So it was like three o'clock in the morning. Wow. So yeah, it was a long day. What was that feeling like being back at MCO after all this time? It was really surreal. But then obviously, because it was so late at night as well, there was not a person there. It was dead. Um, So it was just, it didn't feel like, I'd, I'd got there because it wasn't like the normal experience like normally when you get there it's like six or four five o'clock in the afternoon maybe six o'clock um at the latest and you go in and there's still crowds of people everywhere you see everyone it was like a ghost town when we went in because it was that mm. late at night everything all the shops were closed there was no one waiting to fly out yeah so it yeah. was very surreal um it still didn't really feel like it was happening because like I said, when we got to New York, we were terrified that anything might be turned away from my dad. So it just, it felt, it felt really strange. Yeah. Yeah. It was a really weird day. You were on edge the entire time. Um, I'm trying to think how, because when we flew internal, we flew Delta. I'm trying to think how they were with masks. Uh, To be honest, it was only like an hour plus flight I didn't really hear them coming up and down and asking for masks but I had mine on the entire time because the person next to me really smelt so. <laughs> there we go that always helps I was going to say go. like what is the what is the situation when you fly at the moment we and I'm sure some of our listeners will have flown already but I, I haven't so what is the deal with taking your mask off during the flight oh so if you want food and stuff you just pull it down like they're not funny at all like when they come around for drinks, like obviously then we'd get it and we'd take it off. There wasn't, I think everyone expected it. I, everyone kind of already knew like you can take it off obviously for food and drinks. So yeah. it wasn't an issue, but it was just like, you put it back on. And if they came up and down, it's, so, it's so difficult, isn't it? Because on one hand, I appreciate that that is the way that things have to be because you have to eat and drink on a, on a long flight. On the other hand, I'm like, is all that other stuff worth doing if we're taking our masks off I get that prevention is cure but also if we're in that tight space it only takes one person in my opinion it only takes one person to take their mask off to it does but then in the same way Bradley you've got to think when I flew out masks weren't needed in shops anywhere like we'd kind of got to the point in the UK where you didn't have to wear a mask you could do so really you could be in the same situation in a restaurant if you went out for tea in the uk anywhere there's no difference really and i do understand obviously there is a risk there was very high rates in florida when we went and things like that but we could have caught it anywhere and it gets to the point where it's like i know there's a risk but i still need to live my life yeah and i've had all my injections i've had my boost i've done everything i possibly can so i might as well still try and live yeah as long as i'm following the rules i've been given no, I agree with that 100%. And I do think we're at that point in time now, we're nearly two years into this thing. And it's like, we just have to sort of, obviously we have to be sensible. We have to learn to live with it as well and say, I'm not going to let this stop me to the point of not going on holiday anymore because we're wasting years of our life. Um, and I'm guessing you didn't have to test when you got to Orlando, right? No, when we were there, if you were double vaccinated, there wasn't a need for a test when you arrived. There was no isolation period or anything. We could just go about That's our good. lives. Well, I mean, I think that's that one of my biggest fears about booking any holiday, not just Orlando at the moment, is for countries that say you do have to test when you arrive. If I test and I test positive, 
I'm screwed. Like I have to. But I will just say, Bradley, the one thing is, I don't even think at the moment when you fly out, you have to test again when you're there. I know you have to do a test before you go home at the moment, yeah. but you don't have to do one once you land. Yeah. So, I mean, even now with the things rocketing up, you're not having to do a test when you get there. You just, ha- like, I know a girl who's actually gone to Jamaica. She went to Jamaica just before Christmas to get married. Um, they took their test to come home and her partner tested positive for COVID. So her and her new husband had to isolate, have now had to isolate for 10 days in the hotel and move to a different wing of the hotel. Wow. So it's going home that's more the issue. I don't think it's when you get there that's necessarily the problem at the moment. Well, we'll get to that. Let's talk a bit about, um, before we go on to Disney, uh, I'm conscious of time as well, but before, uh, you don't realise how much there is to talk about when it comes to this topic, but um, when it comes to Orlando and Florida in general, obviously you weren't, like you said, this wasn't just a Disney heavy trip. You were out and about in Orlando as well. What would you say the general vibe is at the moment from people that live there and tourists and stuff? Do you, are people listening or not? It's really interesting because they've never really had a mask mandate like we right. have in England. Yeah. So it's kind of always been like the people that don't wear masks in America, like your Trump supporters, like the people that don't care, blah, blah. They've never worn a mask. It's my human right, blah, blah. In yeah. England, we have had that you wear a mask this period, you then have to wear a mask if you're going to do this, this, and this. And then it slowly like phased it out to the point where before we went, it was like, you don't have to wear a mask in any of the places now. So it's very interesting because over there, they've never had that mandate. So it was like, you go into a shop, if you don't wear a mask, you're a bit of a dick because you're like, you're the Trump supporter. You're the one that doesn't care about other people's human rights. Mm. Where at the same period in England, before we went, when we would go to a shop you didn't have to wear a mask so if you went into a yeah. shop you weren't necessarily like oh god look at them they're an asshole for not wearing a mask because we'd had that stage all the way through yeah we might have thought that when it was mandated to wear a mask in a shop and someone wouldn't and they'd claim they were exempt but you knew they weren't really so yeah you had it then but when we were flying it was like you weren't that asshole if you didn't wear one into a shop because it was out of the period then like you followed the steps all the way through but in America, because they never had that, it was like, if you don't wear a mask, you're a dick. Like, yeah. you're not a nice, you don't care about other people, blah, blah, blah. You're a Trump supporter type thing. So it's weird that it's gone the other way from here where we're, it's been quite di- a dictatorship. I'm not, mm. this isn't me necessarily saying no. I agree with the way that Florida have gone with it, but I think here it's almost been a dictatorship in the sense of you have to wear masks, you have to, um, you have to do all these things. Um, to be able to do things, at least in some parts of the UK, anyway. But um, in America, so you, what I'm he- what I'm hearing is that it's not a rule necessarily, but no. the general thought process of people is like, why wouldn't you do it? Yeah, but there is a lot of people that wouldn't wear a mask, like your Trump supporters in America that are like, no, no, no. But you had some shops in America that were like, you have to wear a mask to come in here. Really interesting. And the thing in America and in Disney a lot, well. There is no such thing as like an exempt person. You wear wow. a mask or you don't like you have to in Disney, you have to wear a mask. Doesn't matter who you are, you wear a mask. That's great. So there's no exempt, which is good because you know, obviously we know in England there's a lot of people that claim they're exempt, but you can tell they're obviously not exempt. There is obviously some that aren't that are 100%, exempt. Not yeah. that, but there is but there are people that like lie because they don't want to wear it one. because yeah. you can't ask for proof because it's against human rights. So they'll just claim they're exempt and they're getting away with not wearing a mask. Yeah. 
I have it in where I work, like you can't do anything about it. Um, but there is some people who are truly exempt. Like I follow the, someone on my social media. Um, I've talked to her a few times. She went on holiday about two weeks after I came back and her son is very young, but he's undergoing a test for autism. He can't cope with anything on his face at all. Mm. Like it's part of his autism and they couldn't get in obviously Disney when we went and the current rule is you have to wear a mask if you're indoors right so if you're out in the park obviously it's fine but to queue in a line a lot of the time it's indoors so he couldn't wear a mask and they were like oh we'll we'll give you a I know for that person they said oh we'll give you um a light the free lightning lens you can just go in the lightning lens so he's not having to wear them as long and they were like no but you don't understand it's not that he has to wear it for a certain period of time he can't wear it at all and cast me- and to be fair it's not the cast members being assholes like cast members are told they don't wear a mask you don't let them in so the cast members are just like no sorry they can't if you're not gonna wear a mask you can't come in yeah. which do you know what before we went there was such a big thing that like, oh do you really think you're gonna be safe in america you know what the rates are but i felt one of the safest i felt in a really? long time when i was at disney because they were that much on it with masks and so things like that yeah, that I actually felt safer there a lot of the time than I have done in England a lot of the time before I went. I think the, wall, the rules here are so wishy-washy, like, and mm. they have been, like, they've fluctuated so much. It's so hard to keep on top of things that people have taken advantage of that. And I do sometimes think, obviously, in that situation, and there will be other situations where people can't yeah. wear masks, especially you've got to think of the humidity in Florida. Um, asthmatic people will mm. really struggle. Humidity. It was humid. I still, there's still, you've got to think the cast members still wearing masks all day long. But I, then we have to think of people that have breathing difficulties that like, that are medical breathing difficulties that then add the humidity, humidity on top of that. But then I guess that sort of has to be a decision. Am I okay to go on a holiday to Orlando yet? That's yeah. when you start have to bring that into play because anyone can spread COVID. That's the thing, like a baby yeah. can spread COVID. So it's not just like, I, I do think in an environment like that, I would feel way more comfortable knowing that everyone there has to wear a mask inside. Yeah, so the one thing that oh, so was a bit, massive that is a massive debate. Yeah. Like we could talk about that for hours. One thing but... that was a bit tricky was when, like for example, Kilimanjaro safaris. Half of that ride line is outside. Half of it is cover, just covered, just covered over yeah. the top. Some of it's in a building. We, I was like walking, and there was some like we were around that. As soon as we went through the line, we just put them on. That's what we kind of tend to do. As soon as you walk in the line, we put a mask on. It was just easier. Yeah. But there were some guests, though, that were walking and we heard a cast member like, please put your mask on. And they were, again, very much on it and not just put it on, but they always made sure it was over the nose. Um, and I heard a cast member shout at one of the guests behind and was like, please, do you put your mask on? We've asked you to put them on. And they were like quite arty and they were like, we're still outside. So we didn't think we had to. So I do understand a little bit of confusion there because it was like, technically, if you're outside, you didn't have to put some of the some cast members took it as when you went in the line you had to put your mask on but some parts of the lines are outside so then some guests would think well if it's outside I don't need to I think a big part of it for me though when I think I I think this anyway like if I'm outside but I'm surrounded by people I put my mask on because I think why would I want to risk I COVID doesn't stop outside yes it's less likely to to hit you but in a busy area like a queue line of a ride just because you're under a cover this again it's just my personal opinion but it just because you're under a cover doesn't mean covid can't get to you you know that you can't spread it to other people just put your mask on for the sake of it like 
I will say that the Kilimanjaro safari. Shove your mask on, Mike. You're gonna have to wear it anyway. So just put it on. Literally, I will say the Kilimanjaro safari queue. It was when you just do when you just go in a queue. Sometimes you're not at the queue bit, but it's quite space and people walking to get to. Yeah. It was at that part of it, so it wasn't as if they were like in a bunch of people. So I do understand in a way what, but it was like, why complain? Just shove it on, like. Literally. <laughs> you've got to wear it what anyway. What are you moaning about? Oh, why are you wasting your breath? Yeah. I do think that I will say the Kilimanjaro Safari queue line is the hottest place on earth. It is a. You always pot. get bitten in that ride, like yeah. every time. It's it's the authenticity. Doesn't go too far with that one. Um, yeah. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I think masks in general are such a huge debate at the moment, and I think it's something that will be with us for a very, very long time. Um, I think. Oh, will. I will say sorry. It's security doubt though. When you go in, you have to go through metal detectors now. Really? Yeah. It's just, so I was talking to one of my friends when I was there, and they said, "Yeah, they actually set them up at." The beginning of covid when they're doing temp checks but obviously right. then just have them took them down now they use them but you have to go through metal detectors i don't really disagree with that to but, be I'm honest. Not saying, but it's a good like thing to know that they are actually now doing that as well yeah and not just that you have to do it at springs really yeah one of the parks car park sorry my accent was getting me all tongue twisted <laughs> one of the car park levels um they have the you have to go down do you know the one that's the same way as the entryway you have yes. to go to that and they have um metal detectors you have to wow. go through which is always interesting because before that you had no security at all at springs really it was just Literally like a free for all you could walk in interesting i'm sure i i wonder if that so it doesn't sound like that was a covid thing that sounds like that was a security well, no, thing apparently it was started at the beginning of COVID when they were doing temp checks, but instead of just right. taking down all the, the things that they'd set up, they just they kept it up for a metal detector. So is that at every entry into Springs? I only did like orange and lime car parks. I didn't right. go like West Side, whatever that way. So I yeah. can't comment on every entry, but they are doing it in both car park garages. Okay, that's fair. Which is more than they did before. So even if they aren't doing it, it's still more. Exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, so the next thing I wanted to ask was, are there any vaccination checks happening at Disney? No, not when okay. I was there. There was no checks. I never asked us to prove nothing, not at all. Um, How did you feel about that as a guest? To be honest, like I said, I already felt safe anyway because there was that much on it with masks. I know some people have the debate, masks don't, blah, blah, but... No, they do. I, think I they knew do. that I was fully vaccinated. I knew yeah. my family was. So at the end of the day, I can't control what everyone else does. I'm just as much going to run into someone who's not vaccinated, like I said, doing my food shop. Yeah. So that's that is the, that is the life debate now, yeah. isn't it? It's like, why wouldn't I go <laughs> so, to the theatre when I can get it in Tesco? It's like... Yeah, so that's to me why it didn't really bother me that they weren't checking for vaccines because they were at least that much on it with masks and where they yeah. could be on it that one thing that didn't make sense is all like they'd have some dividers between some stuff but then they didn't have dividers between others and I'm like but then what's the point of this divider if then you're gonna let everyone at the other there was some stuff it was just like what's the point of that but I, I like I said I did feel safer at Disney than I have felt at a lot of places for a long time so again I think it's that prevention thing if we can prevent things as much as we possibly can yes there's going to be slip-ups there's less, it's always going to take make yeah. 
less chance of infection. Um, To bring it more to the fun stuff, uh, let's talk a bit about meet and greets. Did you do any meet and greets while you were in the parks? Oh, I'm trying to think. So we didn't do any actual where you had to cure meet and greets. Like we'd see a character at the park, maybe we saw Mickey Minute. We did a lot of, um, I have a little niece, Harriet, and obviously she could be there. So we took a picture of her and we'd like hold it up and we'd record like her next to like the characters, especially when they were doing like the little like cavalades and like Magic Kingdom. And then they'd wave, we'd be like, look, Harriet, they're waving at you. And they would send it to her in England. Um, So we didn't do any actual ones, but to me, I didn't really push it because I knew I couldn't like really meet them and have the picture. So if you can't really have that full experience, I didn't think there was any point wasting my time doing it. I mean, I am I right in saying that the, the meet and greets are still restrictive, aren't they? They're not completely yeah. back to normal. So, yeah. Um, some still aren't even open. It's like you're all off meet and greet in Hollywood Studios and your Hollywood Mickey, sorry, Hollywood Minnie and um Sorcerer Mickey, the ones that I worked at at yeah. Hollywood Studios, <laughs> both aren't open yet. Episode three, um, everyone, go and check it out. <laughs> <laughs> there wasn't I actually ran into a cast member that I worked with when I was there at Star Tours. And he said the rumour, well, he said that it was opening the 8th of December, but obviously we're now way past that and it's still yeah. not opened. But that's what they'd been told, but it's those meet and greets still haven't opened yet. So um, maybe because of the Delta variant, like literally the day we arrived back was the first talk of Delta, uh, not Delta, Omicron, Omicron yeah. in England. So we made it back just in time, but... Maybe that's why it's pushed back now, but there's still a lot of meet and greets inside that aren't open. I think it's one of those things with the parks and with everything, actually, that it, the little things like that, we're just going to have to get used to the fact that it's going to take a bit longer than we'd hope yeah. to. But if, if we can enjoy other parts of the parks in the meantime, then that's great. And I think yeah. it's really nice that they are doing things where the characters are out and about still here and there. Yeah. Like it's no nearer guarantee, obviously, like a meet and greet in a, in a stable location would be or a static location would be but it's it's still a nice addition. Um, when it comes to rides and shows, um, did you feel, I've been to Thought Park and I think Chesington, World of Adventures since the pandemic started, and I, which for any American listeners, they are parks in the UK. And I've, I actually was fine wearing a mask on those. The first time I was like, this is weird. And then after that, I was like, okay, if I have to wear a mask to go on this, I'll do it. So shows, a lot of them still aren't back. Uh, in in um Disney like my baby Fantasmic isn't back a lot yeah. of the shows in Hollywood aren't back like Frozen isn't back yet um there's quite a lot of them that are not currently running the ones that are so, so I know Lion King show is back we didn't actually end up going to see that like I said we didn't do a lot of time so we tried to like do some stuff we couldn't do everything so we didn't see that I know that one is back up and running but like I said I wasn't at that show, so I can't, can't comment on that um you wearing it in a ride to be honest it's no difference than wearing it in the queue line yeah um the the good thing with disney is that you've not got many massive posters where you're going to feel uncomfortable if you're like going fast on a ride that might make you easy or nauseous or anything like that i mean rock and roller coaster i wore it on rock and roller coaster and you couldn't even really tell to be honest you're not aware you're that much enjoying the ride and seeing and we're so used to wearing masks now that it's just like every other time you're wearing it anyway yeah, it wasn't, I didn't feel any different to how I normally wore it. I wore it on Tower of Terror. You're not paying attention. When, this is the thing, people might kick up, 
when you're on those rides, you're not paying attention to, oh, I've got a mask on my face. You're paying attention to what you're seeing, the experience of the yeah. ride. It, you don't factor it in at that point. The place that you're probably taking more note of it is in the line because yeah. you're not having things to distract you at that point. When you're on the ride, it, you don't even take note. Exactly. Do you think that the COVID measures in general in the parks are are adequate? Aside from masks, we've established that they are good. That that's a good thing. Do you think are there other? Is there any social distancing taking place, or do you think it's in a place where it doesn't have to be? It's really hard to talk about because I also think it's very biased but also when we went you've got to think like in England just before we went Omicron wasn't a thing then so things when we got there felt like they were starting to get back to normal yeah like things have started to turn around again um I think maybe they could have done a bit more hand sanitizing I think maybe see the thing is you know you can't have a cast member in the whole line all the way through a line because you know how long some of those lines are so I wouldn't say people were like three foot apart or whatever like that but even if they did have that in place I don't know how they would actually implement it because people they don't listen to that and you can't be the whole way through a ride line so yeah whilst I appreciate yeah they maybe they could say well everyone should stood stand three foot apart I remember when I was in England we had that rule and I'd be stood in a line and someone would be right up against me in my back and I'm like looking at them and they just don't so I understand people may might say like they should have you can't enforce something like that because what do they expect people to do like you there's no room for cast members to stand every so many feet and be like you stood too close together back up I think the thing is as well that with Omicron, um, it's obviously a lot more um, contagious by the the looks of the data. I don't think a one metre, two metre, three metre distance is going to affect the differences of you catching or not catching it, to be honest. If you're going to catch it, you're going to catch it, aren't you? So there is rules, but when you really start thinking about it, like even if they had, I do think maybe they could put more hand sanitizer stations. Yeah. But even if you started thinking about things in terms of that, it gets to a point, you're going to have touched something in that place at some point that someone else is going to touch and it's not been sanitized. So if you, you, there's always- Even when it, even when it comes, even when it comes to like the workload of having that sanitizer station changed, it's not, it's not, sustainable to be able to change it that many times and the amount of times I have gone to sanitize my hands and the sanitizer is empty but I'd like I'm like I, I wouldn't say for if I didn't the amount of people that have touched that trying to get yeah. a sanitizer out and it's, it's not sanitized it's, like when you really start thinking about it like if you were really to start th- you're gonna touch something at some point that has not been sanitized that someone before might have touched yeah if it's yeah. a pin or if it's a I don't know if it's like the slight bit of merch. You can pick up a piece of merch in a shop that somebody else has touched. Like so, yeah, I think they do. I understand they're not. They probably could put more implementations in place, but then it's like realistically, you've seen the size of the park. How realistic is that? that? Where where is that line? Yeah, you're gonna catch it at some point anyway. It's you need to decide if that risk is worth it to you. If it's not, if you're at high risk, then you avoid them for longer. If you're not, then I mean, it's still personal preference. If you don't feel safe, then you don't do that. Like, the, it comes up, it's very personal preference. Yeah, um, yeah. The one thing I will say, so Genie Plus, we've not talked about it yet, yes. but um, the lines because of Genie Plus were ridiculous. Really? I will say that. So your lines for like near enough all rides are like 40 minutes. Yeah. 
Wow. I will say one, the first day we went to a park was Hollywood Studios. And I was so shocked because things that I'd seen online from other people who are obviously Floridians, just Instagram pages that I've seen, all commented on how quiet the parks are, how dead they are, blah, blah. I got there and that park, I mean, it actually turned out it was like Veterans Day in America. Right. So there was probably more people than maybe normal because it was like a bank holiday. But that park was so busy and wow. it was like a shock to my system because I just expected these parks to be quite empty. Like, yeah, there was people, but not as busy, busy. I know they're still doing these park reservations, but to me, like I spoke to people like, no, the parks are back at full capacity, but doing these park reservations just helps the parks staff the parks better. So they're not mm. getting too, they know how to staff it better. They know what to do. Like to me, if when I was in Hollywood studios that day, I would not say that there was any smaller, like they not minimized how many guests could be in that park. I was going to say, I think that sounds like a bit of an excuse to me. I'm going to be honest. Like, I think that I not, I'm not saying you've given this, I'm saying that I think from Disney's point of view, I think it would be very easy to say that by doing, by like, by doing that, they can test capacity and stuff. I don't think that's the case. I think no, that- No, it's not. They were saying it helps them keep track of like staffing things better. So they're not overstaffing stuff. Or, do you know, they can expect what's going to be in the park that day. Yeah. That's more what it's going to be like. So it can help them prepare and save money in other ways or know what to do. It's not to minimize how many guests are in the park because I can tell you now, there was not a smaller crowd to keep numbers down in the park that day. Did you use Genie Plus? We didn't. So this holiday, we decided to do it without it. Um, that first day, we only got like four rides done. Wow. I mean, I'm not going to say we went, we didn't go first thing in the morning. We probably got there like half 11. Um, we did Mickey Minnie's uh, runway railway there. <laughs> a little bit of a tongue twister. Um, we did that. We did the one of the star wars rides not rise of the resistance the other one i can't remember the name smugglers run yeah yes smugglers room we did muppets and we did star tours wow that was it we didn't stay till the park closing because my mum's got a fractured hip and my dad's got a bad knee so they were struggling it was the first property and you know what it's like at the parks so was- so they were struggling so we're probably left at around 6 30 Wow, that's still late in the day, though. Yeah, so um, that's all we got. Especially when you think Muppets, it's like basically walk on. Yeah. Like, we didn't do any meet and greets that day as well, remember? We didn't do any shows. Like you we- said, I do think I do think that, um, obviously, you went on Veterans Day. So I, I went to Disneyland in California yeah. on, which is normally very quiet, like, it's very quiet yeah. in comparison to Magic Kingdom. And I went on one of their national holidays in September, and... I remember thinking, what the hell is this so busy? And I just yeah. was really lucky with fast passes. But um, do you think the standby lines moved quicker because of Genie Plus? So, no, I will say the lines, the one thing I will say, the lines constant, like Mickey Minnie's Runway Railway, I think that was timed at 70 minutes. We probably did wait around that long, but the lines were constantly moving. It was a hell of a lot longer line, but it does feel, because it is constantly moving, you do feel like at least you're getting somewhere. What I think, feels like forever is when you stood there for ages and yeah they might let a massive group through at once but then you stood in the same spot for about 15 minutes that's when you feel like you're in a line you're like jesus we were constantly moving in all the lines i will say that um but you were waiting however towards the end of the trip we went a few days 
and we went to say Hollywood again and Tower of Terror was um, like 40 minutes. We waited probably about 30. Okay. We then managed to go on Rock and Roller Coaster again. That was like 45 minutes. We ended up going on around 25 minutes. That's decent. Yeah, we then went on uh, Toy Story Mania. Again, that was listed at 45 minutes. We got on that, it was a walk-on. Basically, wow. we might wait about five minutes and it was listed at 45 that was a walk on so uh, this was actually our last day in the parks um and we managed to walk so the the queue times were a lot longer than what we actually waited ended up being at like 10 to 9 and we were like oh do we risk uh rise of the resistance because obviously we have never done it it's new we hadn't been in that land before and uh, so we went and asked the cast member because it was still advertised as being like 200 minutes we were like, do you really think it's going to be this? And she went, no, from nine o'clock, we shut off the lightning lane. And they're like, from that, you'll find that your queue does move a lot faster after that. So we're like, right, let's just try it. We went, if we don't don't seem to be anywhere near in like half an hour, we'll leave. And when you're in the queue, you don't have to leave, do you? Like, you will get on the ride. No, no, once you're in that line before that time. But we were saying person, we'll wait like half an hour. If we don't seem to have moved or it's, then we'll just go. Yeah. We wait. So we went on the ride around 50 minutes we got to like the first like part of it i don't want to if anyone's yeah, yeah, yeah. we got on like the first part of it so we thought jesus we've done really well here came off obviously you're in a very big room i'm just going to name it as the big yeah. room and we're like oh my god this is amazing and we've probably been waiting around 60 minutes if that around 60 minutes maybe a bit less um there's then after the really big room, I don't know if you all know, but there's a really small corridor. There's like yeah. two lines that they have. The ceiling comes with, especially comp- the ceiling is really low, really small corridor, and the ride broke down. Stop. Oh. And then it was about 45 minutes later, the ride, some people moved again. So we're like, oh, it's back up. So we like started moving and nothing came over the tannoy, right? And then I hear a, um, one of the cast members say something to a guest and we're like thinking we're about to ride this ride. So I, t- I went, I turned to my parents, went, I don't think we're riding it. And they're like, what? I went, I don't think we're getting on the ride. So my mum and dad, my dad asked one of them and he went, oh no, unfortunately we can't get it back up and running. So we are just like making everyone exit. So we talked to a customer guest experience. Yeah. And I know for the people that had Genie Plus or something like that, they'd either refunded the Genie Plus or the Lightning Lanes and done something like that. For other people, I think they were giving them a Lightning Lane again for a day of their choice, but not for Rise of Resistance. No. Mm -hmm. So they could do it for any of them, but not Rise of the Resistance. Or I think Toy Story. I don't know. I know for a fact they couldn't do it for Rise of the Resistance. And I said, so I stopped. I went, listen, like. I think that it's, like, it sounds like a very stressful situation. And I think it's one of those things, again, where, like, these things, especially with a new system like Genie Plus, are going to happen. It probably is over. They're probably overselling. Well, I mean, you've only got to look at Inside the Magic or, like, any of the Disney blogs or Twitter to see that they are overselling Lightning Lane and it's making so, the queues too long for people. At this point, it wasn't Lightning Lane that we were at. We were like past the Lightning Lane point. It was just that they were putting too many people in this line 
that was our last day in the parks. So we got no compensation for it. They didn't give us anything. We said we've... So there's one thing that they wrote. They wrote a note on my file because I said we have annual passes. So when we go next time, maybe they'll do something. They said, you'll have to come back to customer service when you come back on your next trip. I mean, I don't have the greatest experience with Rise of the Resistance. No, she won't be going back anytime soon. <laughs> um, obviously, we are coming towards the end and I'm sorry that was a bit of a rough ending experience. If you had to say a highlight of your most recent trip. Honestly, it was probably, I know it sounds, but it was just being back in the magic. It felt surreal every step of the way but I still enjoyed every moment it wasn't the same the ride lines are a lot longer I do feel like people are going to miss out on stuff now because I don't think you're going to be able to get everything done in the day that you used to be able to we saw the fireworks shows um I saw the new Epcot one I actually wasn't a big fan of that one no um, so did you prefer enchantment to harmonious? I, I would say I, I prefer the thing is, we all know Epcot was meant to be a 360 show. It's all meant to be that you can watch at any point around the thing. Because of these barges, where we were, we didn't have a great view. So, but we were like around the country. So that defeats the whole point of it. I wasn't the biggest fan. Um, I'm not saying enchantment is better or as good as happily ever after it wasn't, but I've still enjoyed it and I still thought it was a good yeah. show. Um, but yeah, I'll just say so going home we didn't do a form so I thought this form we'd already done it turned out it was a different form we hadn't done it so we had to do it at the airport it was like the traveling home form so it was very stressful so I had but I thought when you came home at that time that you could just get these rapid antigen tests like we did at the pharmacy you had to have already pre-booked them so I had to pay for them at the airport again it was like a hundred and 12 pounds for all three of us okay that's um, not awful tests. no the day after when they announced a few days after when they announced the new things the price of the same test went up to over 100 per person wow yeah but they asked they did want at that point your covid passport like proof of your vaccine when going home wow now there was an old couple next to us who were really struggling they didn't have the NHS app on the phone. And she said, my husband is an American, but he had his vaccine in England with me. So he doesn't have an NHS app. And she said, but we got this letter from the doctor because he couldn't get that. Yeah. And they said, no, we have to have the pass. That isn't an, an, an appropriate thing. I We looked for them afterwards. They were struggling because he doesn't have a mobile. So she was trying to do it on her phone like download the app and then it was saying it wouldn't register because the mobile was wrong compared, like it wasn't connected to his account or whatever so they couldn't get it so we looked for them when we went on couldn't see them anyway so i don't think they got to fly wow. but that's because they didn't check the stuff properly going out that's the thing i think you just got to be so careful now to be as rigorous as you can yeah. when it comes to checking everything and just make sure you tick every little box and every finer detail and just remember that things change daily now so be prepared for anything if you're going to take that risk to go out be prepared for anything yeah i don't so they couldn't i don't know how they or if they could get home i don't know but yeah they were struggled we had to do this at the airport so it was stressful i'm not gonna lie but we got through and we were fine um but on the way back the flight was pretty empty we had like me my mum and dad all had rows to ourselves nice. because it was that dead 
um and they weren't as strict on masks like there was a point where it was really really hot so I took my mask off and one of the people walked past and they didn't say anything to me they did later on afterwards but I was already in the middle of putting it back on but they didn't say anything so on the way home they weren't as strict with masks um interesting we're going out Again, it's all ever changing. And at the end of the day, you've still got to go and experience Disney World. You've got to see a family. And I think as much as there are little downsides to what is going on in the world right now, we can actually get out there and still go to the parks and do what we love doing. It's probably still worth it, I think. Oh, yeah. I would definitely go back again. Like, well, you're better with the yeah. annual pass. So. No. <laughs> it's all right. I'm due to go back in August. So Yeah. Well, so- things are more back to normal by then it's been it's been so nice like hearing your insight on it and um and I'm sure that we'll have plenty more chats in the future about all of this stuff as things change and continue to grow and whatever happens but yeah thank you so much for coming and telling us all about your time at the park Sophie no problem oh just one quick thing I'm really sorry I will just say park reservations you have to make sure you get them it's really difficult now okay. for the parks to get in um, we used to like, you know, we kind of just went with the flow. If we fancied a park, we'll just go to it that day. You can't do that now. And if you don't plan everything in advance, you probably won't even be able to get in a park. Wow. It was also really hard because me and my mum had an annual pass. My dad just had a two-week pass. So to make our reservations was on a different thing to my dad's. So me and my mum would make a reservation together. And then I'd go on to do with my dad and the same park wasn't available. Really? Yeah. So, it so made just it really do everything hard. as in advance as you can. Yeah, so just do it in advance. You can't just kind of freestyle a park anymore, see what you fancy that day and just go with the vibe, which we do when we stay with our friends. Yeah. You have to plan everything in advance. Otherwise, okay. you're going to really struggle. Interesting. Well, it's all food for thought. Yeah. The magic is still alive, people. And we're still going to go and love it and experience it. And if you have any opinions or um, want to know anything further, drop us a message on Instagram, message Sophie as well. And I'm yeah. Always, I answered lots of questions when I was over there, people asking, so I don't mind any questions. Amazing. I mean, any excuse to talk about Disney, I'm here for it. So, <laughs> um, but that is all we've got time for. Don't forget to go and uh, follow Sophie's uh, Science by Sophie B page on Instagram as well. Um, lots of fun things on Etsy over there. And, um, and yeah, just thank you so much coming back Sophie thank you for having me Bradley it's been lovely as always no worries I'm sure I'll have you back soon and that means I'll definitely have you back soon (laughs) 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 all right well that is all we've got time for guys this has been another episode of Confessions with Disney Cast but thank you so much for listening don't forget to subscribe to our podcast follow our Instagram and listen to all of the other episodes because they're just as magical as each other keep spreading the magic everyone and bye for now (laughs)